0: Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. Our topic this morning is Customs of Hospitality in Biblical Times. And your speaker this morning is Barbara Connors. Yes, I know we talked about having Shauna Martell in. However, she came down with COVID and when we talked to her like about Tuesday this past week, she literally couldn't talk. She was just barely talking in a whisper. So she was feeling bad and there's no way she could have been here. So we moved it back. To next week, so be sure and tune in to listen to her next week. Anyway, so let me pray. Lord, we ask for your anointing on Barbara, that you would fill her mouth and her heart with your words, and help us to hear and listen to understand what you're saying through her. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Welcome everybody. Welcome everyone here and online. Um, glad to bring this message today about hospitality in biblical times. Um, I don't know if you've ever come to a place or gone to a new place where you don't know the customs of the land or the people and <clears throat> things are different and we are Westerners in a modern world and we don't always understand the things in the Bible and the context that that they were historically and you can get a lot more meaning when you understand some of these things um, and I'll share a story um, For instance, my husband and I have been to Russia several times, and um, when you go to Russia and we were staying with some people, we didn't know we were going to stay with two different uh, families. And when you go to Russia, you bring gifts. You always bring gifts, and that's a custom. Um, It's a hospitality that you do for them. And when we heard that we were going to go to stay with a second family, we had nothing to give them. And It's rude. To show up somewhere without a gift, especially when you're staying in their home, Um, and we ended up giving them our luggage. And (laughs) yeah, I mean, we did what we could. You remember that, Chuck? That was uh, that was an awkward moment. You know, um, we were unprepared, and um, so that was something where um, learning the customs are very important. Um, I know that people have been to uh, United Arab Emirates. Uh, We've had people in. Honduras and uh, Korea right and we've had um, to learn those customs right there are things that you do and don't do Um, so with that said there were some things I've come across recently that I thought were really fascinating and just really deepened my understanding so I want to share that with you did you ever wonder what were the customs of biblical hospitality Uh, what things were considered rude Uh, what does it mean to salute someone if you've ever heard that in the New Testament. What does it mean to receive someone? And uh, what's the origin of shaking the dust off your feet, that saying that we've heard? These are some of the things that, that have me curious. For instance, in the Middle East, and many parts of the world, it's customary that you do not eat except with your right hand, and that your left hand is just taboo. You don't do anything with food with your left hand. It's Considered dirty and that's a custom and that's still a custom today and that was a biblical custom um, During the times of Jesus as well Um, only the right hand should be used to eat with touch food others and It's funny. I think about that saying and I don't let let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. I wonder hmm What does that hmm? (laughs) Don't muddy it up. Don't dirty it up, but you know I always wonder about that one, but yeah, this is something that um, is very common, and it actually dictated how people sat around tables and how they reclined at tables when they had food. They sat on their left side so they could have their right arm free to eat with. That's something, yes. Well, you you gotta you gotta learn. <laughs> You got to learn if you're left-handed. Yeah, it's, you know, it's taboo. Yep, that's right. You learn the hard way. That's right. It's used for toilet activities or other things. Here's another one. And, you know, there's a lot about feet in the Middle East. And one of the taboo things, and if you really look at political pictures and you study them, you'll notice people never do this. They don't cross their legs. They don't cross their knees. Those feet are on the floor. You do not expose your soul. Um, and you guys know because you've been, uh, but part of that is that the foot is considered the dirtiest, lowliest part of your body, the filthiest part of your body, and it's defiled. So to, to show your soul to somebody is to insult them. And um, many, I guess many tour guides know this in different places, to tell people, put your feet on the ground or, you know, don't aim your foot at somebody. That's literally a very, very offensive insult. So there's a lot about feet and a lot of customs about feet and traditions in the Bible. So with that said, I wanted to set the stage a little bit. There's many gifts of hospitality, and the the Middle East really do have a strong, strong sense of um, being hospitable to people. So let's learn a little bit about that. Yes. Yes.
2: Because I don't think people know this but she's from um, I have a I have a friend that she does my nails from. she's from uh, originally from Vietnam yes. and one day well actually for Christmas one year I gave her some of my perfume and she the next time I went and saw her she says Leslie I know you don't know you know she speaks broken English but I can mm-hmm. still understand her and she said but to give me something that smells good is actually an insult and I said makes it it's just like as if you you're giving them something because they stink oh wow and i was thinking i was being you know very sweet and very nice so there's some customs like that if you give something like you think is great like a perfume or something it's really they take it as an insult
1: wow wow i had no idea that would be who would have thought that honey it's not an insult to me you can buy me (laughs) as much perfume as you want and you know the kind okay (laughs) Well, um, in the Middle East, and think about it. In the Middle East, um, there were a lot of different people traveling. Um, when you traveled, and it wasn't like the Holiday Inn was right down the street, and you didn't have a car, and you were on foot. Um, you wore sandals. Your feet were dusty and nasty. You were tired. Um, and so everyone kind of had this, this level set of hospitality for others. And it's it's really to um, you know be able to have that coming back to you as well. So it was considered an honor and actually a sacred duty, especially in the Bedouin um, nomadic people, to um, extend hospitality, friends and strangers alike. So um, if you remember um, in the stories about Abraham, Abraham would sit at the uh, tent flap and watch for people to come invite. He actually had kind of a little oasis going, and he he looked forward to entertaining strangers and, and giving them hospitality. Um, but that was something they, they felt that was a God-given, um, sacred duty of, of theirs to entertain people to make sure they were comfortable and safe and do that. And there was a, a set of expected standards um, that they had to do and that they had to live up to. And if they didn't, it was not only disrespectful to the person that was with them um, that they were entertaining or being hospitable to, it was disrespectful to their family and their village. It could actually give the whole village or um community a bad reputation, which was re- really not good. Um, they also consider very much so that their house was your house, and you've heard, you know, Sukasa is or Mikasa is Sukasa, right? Very much the, you know, whatever you need, whatever you want, um, I'm there for you. We'll get it for you.
2: When we went to Pakistan, uh Sharon and I had to learn this, but uh I mean Wherever we we went, they, they served us food. I mean, we had pretty much the same thing all the time. But, it, you know, but, but they brought out, you could tell they brought out their best china for yeah. us. The best china and served us a lot of food and, you know, so much we had to say no more. But you kind of like don't want to say that, but you're like you have to because they're going to keep on giving it to you. And then we learned actually about the probably the second day because I don't think we figured it out the first day. But they we like with a breakfast um, we um, we wanted some coffee or tea, and so they brought our breakfast out and say, "Do you have some coffee or tea? Hot tea made?" And so they took our breakfast away, and we're Whoops. like, "Well, <laughs> what's going on?" And it was like, and then finally, Pastor Missy he says, "Well, they they serve you coffee and tea after you eat." Oh, I'm like, oh, okay, so but they, the, I know that it's probably kind of an insult to them but we didn't know but we learned pretty quickly oh, so wow. they think they're obviously they think they're doing right and there's that's their custom so you have to kind of learn the customs because you don't want to offend you know right. they're very they're beautiful people in Pakistan so yeah you have to know
1: the custom yeah. you have to go <clears throat> and and that would be you know considered I'm done <laughs> I'm done with this and if you have very little to eat they're probably like oh they didn't like it and got offended wow well um my house is your house that's their their philosophy so um one of the things that you enter into when you invite someone into your house in the middle east in the biblical times was you entered into a covenant of protection. That when that person came into your house, <clears throat> you were bound now to protect them, even unto death, from anybody coming against them. So your house was a safety zone, right? Um, and I just love this because um, there's so many parallels <laughs> with Jesus being our protector. You know, we're one with him. We, we sup with him. We're with him, and he is our protection, right? But um, when you enter in, they protect you, and they're their bound to that. So how nice for the people that are, you know, traveling long distances and not sure, right, if they're going to be safe or not.
0: Okay, you just uh, confirmed. uh, You confirmed something for me. Okay, so in my studies, I have seen that when Jesus, I know you may say, well, where'd you get this out of that? I'm going to tie again. When Jesus returns. After the wedding, we go to the wedding supper, supper, and then after the wedding supper, he gets and we get white horses, and he rides first along with two angels with the sharp sickles that slash the grapes, and then we're in tow along with the armies in heaven, and I have been teaching and believing that when he returns, we do not participate in the fight. He does, him and the two angels do all of the fighting. And so that's a real confirmation that the guest is just that. The guest does not have to protect himself in the guest's house. The host does all of the protecting. So that's, again, part of the perfect picture. Jesus does all the fighting.
1: Amen. I love that. It's a great picture. I love that. Yeah, well, and, and he is our protector. So, yeah, there's so many parallels. I mean, as I d- dug into this, and this is, there's a whole other spin off on this one into uh, weddings. Okay, <laughs> we'll do that next because it's really, really awesome. Um, <clears throat> so, another covenant that you enter into, and, and soon he talked about this, was um, the salt covenant. But uh, when you take bread with someone in their house, you are entering into a common union with them. Because they take that one piece of bread, they split it in half, and you, what you're eating, they're eating, and what they're eating, you're eating. What goes into you and what goes into them makes you one because you're eating the same thing. You became one. You become brethren and friends. It's a covenant, and they usually have salt with it, right? So it's a, a bread and salt covenant. Um, and that's really, you know, a common union is the same word for communion, right? Um, so it's very, you know, you think about that. How nice. When's the last time you've been warmly welcomed into someone's house? Say, come on, you know, we're, we're going to have communion, and you're my family. You're like family to me, and, um, and they mean it, right? So this gives a whole new meaning to what people did. Um, and we'll go into some of the scriptures. One of the things in hospitality for the Middle East um, and the biblical times was, they would have typical greetings and their greeting would usually be peace be to you and you would reply back in kind um, and on you peace in, in, you know, in the language, right? And that was very common. And, y- you know, you would reply in kind um, to where, you know, you wanted to respond, right? But a greeting is different than a salute. A salute was a much more um, expressive and deep intent communicated um, that someone wanted to extend hospitality to you. They wanted you to come into their house. So it would be something like this where they would say, I love you with my heart. And I wouldn't be saying it, but it's a gesture. I love you with my heart, with my mouth, I honor you. And with my thoughts, I esteem you. Like that. So if you saw people doing this... They're saying they're esteeming you. <clears throat> they are esteeming you in the highest way, and they are inviting you, come on, let's go. Come to our house. Let's talk. Let's, let's eat. Let's rest. So the salute, and we've heard this in the Bible when Jesus sent out um, the disciples for the lesser commission that, um, you know, salute the house, right? And then there's the kiss. It's a mwah, mwah, mwah kiss. It's the three... Three cheeks, okay. Face <laughs> like that lady's doing right yeah. there. So it's like that. And that's normal. And um, you know, public displays of affection, no no no, but but kisses and hugs and, and that kind of thing with your um, your friends and your relatives, yes. So part of the hospitality is you're given a very warm greeting. Now, this is the really cool one. One of the things when you come into that household as a guest, your feet will be washed. And your feet are probably stinky, hot, tired, sweaty, dusty, dirty. You've been walking, you might not even have shoes. Um, And this task was very humbling. Um, The lowest person in the servant uh, of the household would be doing this. And they would be doing it barehanded. There was no washcloth, no soap. They would scrub your dirty feet with their bare hands with water and get them clean. And so the lowest ranking person, servant in the household would do that. It was the very worst job in a servant's mind that they could do. Um, and I never knew that it was barehanded. Like, I always thought, oh, you got a little washcloth and like a little pedicure. And, Nah. No, you got your fingers on their feet, and hope that they are not ticklish and, you know, <laughs> a little kick to be careful. But and a very intimate thing, I mean, if someone's hands on your feet, your feet have a lot of nerve endings. It'd be like, ooh, you know, um, but how wonderful. You've been walking maybe a couple days, hot, tired, and that really does something for your body. I mean, literally it does something for your body.
0: It's also taking the cleanest parts of your body, remember the right hand, and washing the dirtiest parts of them. So it's another way of saying, I'm below you, you're above me, and I love you. Wow. I like that.
1: The next thing that um, you would get as a guest in a house is a cool cup of water. Now, how do you do that in 100-degree heat? We all know it, right? <laughs> we're here. They didn't have refrigerators, there wasn't ice. Well, what they did, um, they had unglazed pots and they would wet the outside of that pot and it would do evaporative cooling and actually cool the inside of the pot and the water so it was um, cooler than the outside temperature. And they would keep that in the house. So the key was don't have it glazed, right? Um, and this is really truly the really being received you've been received when someone gives you a cool glass of water because a cool glass of water was a precious precious thing clean drinking water very hard to come by and um, when someone gave that to you it was saying you are worthy for me to give you what little I have of this precious water you are worthy and honored in my home so that's really the, the signifying mark of being received in someone's home. They broke out the cool water. <laughs> cool. <clears throat> and so this is interesting in, in Matthew 10, 42, um, these two verses. Who, whosoever shall uh, give to drink unto one of these little ones, he's talking his disciples, a cup of cold water. Hmm. Only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. For whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because ye belong to Christ. Verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. So interesting, that, that was very symbolic, and they knew it. They knew what this meant. And him saying this, um, Jesus saying this to his disciples, they, they were all clocking it. They knew exactly what he was talking about. Now, the other thing <clears throat> that the host would do is burn incense. And <laughs> this is a very necessary thing when you have livestock especially livestock that might be in your house. There's something called a threshold in houses, and it used to be used to keep threshing from coming out of your house, the straw, because if you were poor, you didn't have enough people to guard your livestock. So you brought your goat, you brought your cow in at night, you put them in a room. And it was kind of not nice. <clears throat> so your host, if they were wealthy, they would still do this, but if you know, they would burn incense to make the house... Smell nice. It would be like aromatherapy. You know, you go into someone's house, you're like, oh, I love that smell. What is, you know, wonderful. Well, what you didn't know is they just had cabbage and rotten eggs. You have no idea. <laughs> but they're, they've got the aromatherapy going. So you're like, wow, this is so nice. <clears throat> but that was another thing done um, as a host. And that's expensive, you know. Incense was expensive. It wasn't anything cheap.
2: Lastly, as a guest. I I'm, say something about the, yes. the, 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 the smell? Um, the first night we got in Pakistan, I mean, a gesture that they do, which is kind of the same thing. But um, when we walked into the home, um, they turned on the ceiling fan, and all the these flower petals went flying wow. everywhere. All I mean, everywhere we went, there was flowers flown at thrown at us, wow. and um, we were like taken back at first. <laughs> like, what? What is it raining inside? It was like the flowers, and and by the morning. When we got up in the next morning, they were every every petal was cleaned up. Oh wow! Yeah, so there's. It's interesting you're saying all this because I didn't. I mean, I didn't know. I mean, I figured it was some kind of custom, like you know, to to bless you and thank Mm -hmm. you for coming and yeah, honoring us. But um, now I know, you know, know why because of the scriptures too.
1: Oh yeah. I I remember the story of the rose petals. Your head um, was anointed, and it wasn't just a dabble, do you? (laughs) Okay. If any of you have been anointed, um, gone through the uh, workshops here and trainings, uh, it's a special, special thing. And that, the the sense of smell, you know, is connected with a lot of memory. Um, And this wasn't just, like I said, a a drop, and there you go. This person probably had a sweaty head. They they had a turban on. They, you know, they don't take showers. They don't... um, You know, showers were just unheard of. You would go in the, you know, the river when you could. But people used perfumed oil as a way of grooming to make themselves smell better, to help clean as well. So the oil, the anointing oil, was poured over the person's scalp and hair, and then they got a massage. Like, wow, this is like spa day. Um, (laughs) But, I mean, it was very special. And it would drip on their clothes, okay? So when they went out, they took that with them. It would be on their clothes. We were like, oh, he's got anointing oil on. Hmm, it must be special. Okay. Um, but it was very, you know, can you imagine that? You've been out in the heat all day. You get that. Someone does that, and you're like, oh, wow. Very, very special. So this, leading up to this, we've heard some things that are the proper ways of hospitality in biblical times, which now gives a lot of meaning to this particular scripture. And... Um, it's kind of sad. I'm a little offended for Jesus, but um, let's read it. This is when um, a Pharisee named Simon invites Jesus to dine with him. And that, um, when two rabbis got together, it was kind of a public event. Even though he invited Jesus privately to come dine with him, it it's becomes a public event because everyone wants to hear the two rabbis discuss things and they want to learn from them, okay? It's kind of a public event. He was a Pharisee. He didn't like Jesus. Mm-mm. And he, oh, come come dine with me. Okay, let's see what happens. Was he going to be uh, hospitable? And one of the Pharisees desire, desired him, meaning Jesus, that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. Okay? And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, When she knew that Jesus sat at meat at the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, which is extremely expensive. And she was able to sneak in there because there were so many people coming in. Okay, it wasn't a closed event. And stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. She anointed his feet with something extremely expensive that should have been on his head. I mean, she was like, I can't even go there. I have to stay down here. And I, you are worth it for me to pour that on your feet. Now, when the Pharisee, which had bidden Jesus, saw it, he spake within himself, and you know, Jesus heard this in his spirit, saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what man or woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And you don't ever want to hear Jesus say that. I have somewhat to say unto thee. And Simon saith, Master, say on. He's all high and mighty. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when... They had nothing to pay. He frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. Now, Jesus was clocking all of this. He didn't miss a a step. He turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house, thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss. He didn't even greet me. But this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. So, I mean, he was totally dissed. This was a huge slap in the face. And this is a picture of religious hospitality with Jesus. Do we have a picture of Jesus and a Bible on the shelf? And is that the extent of our hospitality for him? This really made me sad for Jesus, but hey, you know what? (laughs) God sent that woman in to take care of business. And taught Simon a lesson. Yep. (laughs) Okay, this is hospitality with the limited commission. The limited commission was when Jesus sent the disciples out two by two only to preach to the Jews, okay? It was giving them a chance, um, and that's why it's limited. It's not the great commission. So Matthew 10, 5 through 15, these 12 Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the street or the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans. Enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses. You're like, oh, wow. No script for your journey neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat. Now, Jesus knows about hospitality, and he knows what people who believe, people who love God are going to do for these guys, okay? So they don't need these things, right? If they have hospitality. Oops, I'm sorry, I skipped one. And that's why... um, That's why he put that. He said, you know, we're going to see who's hospitable to you, who receives you. I want to see who receives me in you. Okay? I thought I had one more slide on this. Maybe I didn't. Okay. Abraham's hospitality. Here's another, (laughs) the back-to-back, Abraham and lots. This is really good. But Abraham, you know, entertained the two angels and Jesus. Well, that's pretty wild, right? In Genesis 18, 1-3, or one through eight, I'm sorry. And as the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, Abraham sat in the tent door in the heat of the day, and he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself down to the ground. So that he did the salute. And he ran to them. I mean, he ran. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched, and wash your feet. Okay, he's doing all the right stuff here. Rest yourselves under the tree, and I will fetch a morsel of bread, and comfort ye your hearts. And after that, ye shall pass on. For therefore are ye come to your servant. I'm your servant. What, what you need, I'll get you. And they said, So do as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal it, and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran unto the herd and fetched a calf, tender and good. I mean, that's a big deal, having meat. And gave it unto a young man, and the man hasted to dress it. And he took butter and milk and the calf which they dressed, and he set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat. And this was a standard. He didn't know at the time who he was entertaining. Lot was Abraham who he was entertaining. Lot was Abraham's uh, nephew. Let's see how Lot does. Lot didn't know what was going to happen here. He had no warning. And there came two angels to Sodom in evening. And Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, because he was a judge. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them. And Lot was worried for them. And Lot bowed himself with his face toward the ground. So he that's he gave them honor, gave them that salute. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house and tarry all night, stay there, and wash your feet. And ye shall rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. Now, what about Sodom and Gomorrah? The evil was so pervasive. If a stranger went into Sodom and Gomorrah and nobody cared for them and they weren't a relative, they would starve that person to death in the, in the um, street, in the, in the circle of that, of that city. And if anyone tried to feed them, they would put them to death. So they, I mean, they did cruel things to strangers, very cruel. I mean, the sin and the cruelty was off the charts. So when Lot saw these people, the two angels who looked like men to him, he was like, oh, these guys are going to get killed. They're going to get tormented. They're going to get brutalized. They're going to get starved. Something really bad is going to happen if I don't invite them in. So he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him and entered into his house, and he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. So he knew from Abraham to Lot that hospitality. Interesting. Entertaining the Lord and, and the Lord's messengers. So here's some more of the um, hospitality and the limited commission. Jesus told the disciples whatsoever city or town you shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy and then abide there. Abide till you go hence. And when you come into a house, salute it. And there's that salute that I'm honoring you, right? And if that house be worthy, which means it returns it back, returns the salute back. Let your peace come upon it, but if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. He didn't want them to come into harm's way. Whosoever shall not receive you, are you giving the hospitality, the cup of water, are you doing that? Nor hear your words when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you, it should be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. And that's a very scary thing. Here we're talking about preaching the gospel to, quote, believers who aren't believers. And shaking the dust off your feet is something that Jews did to Gentiles, okay? So now the Jews are being treated as Gentiles, okay? same thing on these um, for Mark 6.11. It's just a different version, but shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. Boy, I wouldn't want anyone doing that. And, and this wasn't just limited to this limited commission when the disciples first went out two by two, but Paul also did the same thing. I mean, this was a, a known thing. Um, he was preaching to the Jews in the synagogue, synagogue at Antioch, and the Jews were being mean and hateful. Uh, they stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of the coast. This was their brother. That's not hospitality. <laughs> but they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came into Iconium. They went to a different place and were filled with joy in the Holy Ghost. So there you go. So, shaking off the dust to the Jews in the biblical times, the dust of a Gentile land was defiling. It was equivalent to touching something dead and rotten, okay? In Leviticus, they talk about touching corpses. You can't do it. Jewish customs and traditional teaching believe that any land outside of Israel was defiling, or at least its dirt was. And it's funny because dirt was important. Um, who was it that took the dirt I don't know if anyone remembers this, took the dirt back with them from Israel. I think it was the person who was healed of um, leprosy by Elijah. They took dirt with them. They wanted to take the dirt back with them because it was important to them, because it was from the Holy Land. Um, So it goes both ways. (laughs) Israel has blessed dirt and everyone else doesn't. Jews were to shake off any dust or dirt from outside lands, or you know, they went through Samaria by accident or whatever, they had to shake that off, and even food, even things, they had to shake dirt off of there. So when Jesus said, shake the dust off your feet, wow, that's pretty strong. He's like, Okay, don't worry about it. Let it go. They're unbelievers. Consider them unbelievers. I'll deal with them later. They'll be marked for judgment so there are many scriptures um, encouraging hospitality Um, and I think that when I was doing this study I was really thinking about this is my home for Jesus right we have our home where we live but this is my temple and even in my home every day do I honor him? Am I giving him my very best? Um, is, am I esteeming him in my thoughts or my words, honoring him? Am I thinking of how much I love him? You know, how are we honoring Jesus as our? a guest in our abode? How do we honor that? How are we giving him hospitality? And how do we extend that to our brothers and sisters? And the people that need that, um, do we withhold it? We're like, I don't feel like that today. <laughs> you know, I don't want to no, know. I don't want to be nice. I don't want to see need. no. I mean, really, it's a matter of being present with the Lord. Um, he's, he wants to sup with us. So um, just a few scriptures um, in Hebrews. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for surely some have entertained angels unawares. I think we can all say that. Romans, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. Uh, Timothy, who instructs for to be a bishop, one of the very, very important things is you're given to hospitality. Uh, Titus, you must be a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, and temperate. And finally, Peter 4.9, Use hospitality one to another without grudging, with a smile, with a good attitude, with love in your heart. So we're gonna wind up a little bit early. This is good. Um how will you honor him with your best hospitality? Because he's standing at the door. He wants to sup with us, and we want to sup with him. We want to be one with him, and he is one with us. When we when we enter into a relationship with Jesus as our Lord and Savior, he's with us. So are we, are we being good hosts? Are we treating him with that honor, giving him our best? And just look at that. It, is he going to find hospitality where he's knocking right now? I don't know. You know, he's knocking at the hearts of many, many people. So I just wanted to leave you with that. Um, I thought it was very interesting. And if, if you're okay with that, I'd like to do a... A second follow-up teaching on weddings and customs. It's fun stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, While they, get,
2: while they get that ready, um, you know, last week I talked about the attributes of Jesus and what was the hospitality, and I loved how you went into this a lot deeper because it is so important to the Lord. And we here in America have really, um, we um as Christians, we have, really drop the ball i mean you, like you said you know you go to these other countries and they know how to do it they know how to give you their best hospitality and um and share th- their love and that's what we should do um i, I said last week that you know Pastor Messie, i hear that whenever he hit someone comes to his house they wash their feet and um that's you know that's a very humbling thing and it's a very honoring thing at the same time when we go to, what are you all getting ready? I know, does it, oh, you mean another time? Are you talking about, oh, I thought you meant you were getting ready now. So, so I'll come on. I was off mic. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you were, had another teaching already up Oh, there. no, no, no. <laughs> um, this would be a long one. So it's kind of interesting how, I'm going to talk about a little bit um, at, when we have our main service about Taking up an offering for Pakistan and to give your very best for us to be able to go, Sharona and I to be able to go. Um, and one of the things that they do is they really do know how to honor. They really do know how to make you feel so special <laughs> um, and comfortable in a foreign land that's pretty dangerous. Yeah. And, and just like you said, their hospitality, when they have a guest in, they, have, they did have someone with a rifle outside the home all night long. They took a shift all night long. They were there. Uh, Whenever we were there, there was someone guarding. And they also, we went to an orphanage, their home there. There's about 15, 15 kids. And for the young girls, you know, I'm sure they'll read us again with massages. (laughs) We got so, so blessed. And it's not that they, they didn't wash our feet, but they rubbed our feet. They rubbed our shoulders. They, I mean, we were so spoiled. We expected Stan and Brandon to do that when we got back home <laughs> and to throw, you know, rose petals at us when we got back home. <laughs> so uh, I just, you know, I think that we do need to learn about hospitality here. I think that we as Christians should increase that. It's not just about offering a drink, which is important to do, um, but really make someone feel uh, very, very special when they come into your home and and to, to make sure your house is full of peace, so that when they leave they say man this this house is so peaceful Amen. you know and I think a lot of that comes because of how you interact with them and what you do and what you say and how you bless them and uh, I think it's so important, so thank you for bringing this message uh, let 's give her a round of applause again. Thank, you. thank
3: you very
2: very good It's something that we needed. Um, and I liked how you went into a lot of the deepness about it and like how important it really is. And it wasn't just, yeah, have hospitality, you know, it's really, really important. So thank you, Barbara. Thank you. We look forward to your next teaching. Cool. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Spirit of Prophecy Church. We're so happy that you're joining us online. And also that are, those that are here at the church, uh, happy to see you. Um, it's a beautiful day in Plano if you'd ever like to come and visit us. It's always a beautiful day in Plano, right? So we have a couple announcements. Um, I'm going to let Barbara go first. Can you get her microphone?
1: (laughs) Okay.
2: You can come over here. All righty.
1: Okay. I have a sign up here. We are going to do Zoom meetings for intercessory prayer twice a month, first Tuesday and third Tuesday. So... Uh, it'll be starting next week, yeah. and it'll be from 7 p.m. to 8.15. Um, I'll be sending out Zoom the link to either your cell or email, whichever you prefer, and we'll be doing it on Zoom. So please join. It'll be um, easy to do. I'll <clears throat> we'll probably need to work out a couple kinks at first, but we can handle it, right?
2: Um, and I look forward to seeing you all online. Okay. You can go ahead and take those and hand them around. Um, Michelle, get ready for my um, Pakistan thing. Okay. Uh, so several announcements. We have a fire here. Of course, Valentine's Day is Tuesday, February the 14th. Um, that's here in a couple of weeks. That's our 40th anniversary. stand mine. 40. 40 is great. It went by fast. It goes by really fast. <laughs> and uh, on February the 12th is the best Super Bowl chili contest and so please sign up we have about nine or so ten maybe that have signed up and uh, make sure that you do because you might just win a trophy it's going to be fun and that is on February the 12th and also wear your like your favorite team attire that day too. So just come casual wear your favorite team attire. and then Barbara just talked about the, the Zoom call for intercessory prayer. Now, next week is Shauna Mertel. It's a guest speaker. She's from Kansas City, Missouri. Um, or Kansas, I don't know. She's right there. No. Either way, right? She's from Kansas City. Yeah, that could be either Missouri or Kansas. Um, anyway, she's going to be coming to speak to us next Sunday on both sessions, 930 session and also the 1030 session. And it's, it's going to be... She's a good speaker, but it's going to be something you want to hear, like how will God protect us in the days ahead that we, that we have coming up. And we all know that it's going to be kind of, you know, troublesome to many. But those that know the Lord, we know that he'll protect us, but we need to figure out how to do that. And that's on uh, next Sunday, 930 and 1030. Um, and then also, Lou, do you want to come up here and talk about the deliverance conference that you're going to be doing you
4: and Good morning, church. Good morning. So we are going to have a deliverance conference right here, Plano, Texas, Spirit of Prophecy Church. They had a slide up here. February 26th, it's a 26th. February 25th, it's a Saturday. Doors open at nine. Uh, we'll start at 10, I do believe, and end sometime in the afternoon after we get done, ministering and praying. And so if you're sick or you're interested about how healing works, please come to the meeting. We also will Zoom it for you. I know um, we are going to get a Zoom link sent out for those that have already requested. I just don't have the link yet, but it's coming. So here it is. That says arrive 945. Come early. You never know. You might have quail eggs, just like (laughs) we had here. Our church is different than your church, so if you come in person, you just might get some fresh quail eggs. Yeah, I know, right. Uh, Topics, spiritual blocks to healing, what happens to your body if you have fear, prayer and fasting, unbelief. Does sickness have a spiritual root? So we'll try to answer some of those things. And uh, the Lord's been healing all kinds of diseases and sicknesses, breaking Amen. curses, and uh, we've seen miracles, instant and healing. So if that's something that trips your trigger, come and be amazed. Amen. Amen. Thank, thank you, thank Jesus.
2: You. Also, you'll be getting a, a flyer about the, the Zoom call for intercessory prayer. Here's some guidelines it's front and back so especially for you that are interested in the zoom call make sure that you get one of these handouts all right thank you girls appreciate it very very much thank you victoria becoming quite the pros up here (laughs) um let's stand let's pray we'll get our service going this morning and then take up an offering or two offerings here in a minute the first offering by the way will just be for the church and then i want to speak to you about pakistan but we want to pray right now and so there's someone that's come to our a prayer request it's elaine that is justin's mom and she has been diagnosed with large cell carcinoma they don't know where the location is right uh, they're doing some more tests so we need to pray for that miracle or that healing for her and her name is elaine so keep it keep her name in your prayers during the week or whenever, even a month, whenever God uh, gives you that name, uh, that vision, just begin to pray for her. So we want to, we want to do that. Uh, just a minute, I will. Uh, we want to also pray for um, for Priscilla Wydell, and she's uh, still suffering with a lot of a lot of different health issues. So we want to pray for her, and also Michael's son. Uh, what's it? Oh, Sean. <laughs> I can remember that, right? Uh, Sean, he says that he's getting better, he's, uh, he's getting around, right, Michael, yeah, uh, but we want to pray for a complete recovery, and he's young, so we know that he will, but we also want to just pray for just peace for the whole family, and also just a quick recovery, a quick, and Tuesday, Stan uh, has to have a kidney stone broken up, so he has to go undergo uh, surgery, you know, go anesthesia, so we want to pray for Pastor Stan also, and pray for that the stone breaks up, and also that just peace upon him, peace upon me. Uh, that's real important because it's it's pretty, you know scary time for him, but we know that he's in God's hands. Okay, all right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, so we can come here and just boldly come before you, throne throne room of grace and mercy. And Lord, first of all, I lift up. Michael's son, I lift up Sean, and we just thank you that what you're doing in him right now, we thank you for healing him, just mirac- miraculously healing him, but also, Lord, that you're touching his heart, that he will become a believer once again, that he will turn his whole heart to you, and that is the prayer of the of the dad, is that, yes, we thank you for the healing, but we thank you for healing his heart and also just Calling calling him into the kingdom of God. So, Lord, we just lift up him right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for Priscilla. I just cancel all plans and attacks of the enemy, and I command in Jesus' name that she be healed, and, Lord, that she be strengthened, and that she would just find peace in you in Jesus' name. Also, Lord, for Elaine. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus for a miraculous healing for her. We cancel the very root of that That cancer in her body. We say, You be null and void. We command you to leave her once and for all. Command you out of her body in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, you must go. We command that evil spirit to go in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. Was there another person I said? Oh, Stan. So, Lord, we just lift up Pastor Stan. Can you two lay your hands on him, please? We just lift up Pastor Stan right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for healing him. We thank you, Lord. If he does have to go through the surgery, that, that we know that you'll be there with him. We ask that you guide and direct the hands of those, all those involved <clears throat> and all those that are uh, uh, they're praying for him. Just give them wisdom. Give them knowledge. Give them just an understanding and just know how exactly how to pray for him. We cancel all spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. We cancel it right now in Jesus' name. Lord, you not give and stand a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound of mind. And we speak to that sound of mind in Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank you for healing him. I thank you for miraculously guiding the hands of doctors and all those involved. And Lord, I pray for your peace, your peace to flood over him, the peace to flood over me and also the rest of our family and those of loved ones that are be praying for him. And we thank you for your healing in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, bless the service today. Thank you. Lord, we ask that you just bless our praise and worship, and let it just be a sweet sounding sound to your ears, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless. You may be seated for just a moment. Oh, this picture here, before I have Pastor Lou come, come up, well, we renewed our vows on uh, Thursday, and and so... Well, I don't have my new ring on today because it's getting um, soldered. <laughs> we uh, just had just a few things. This is this is how big that diamond is. It's in that box. <laughs> wow. Uh, that was a joke. But it's still pretty big. <laughs> It'll blind you. It does glow in the dark. Uh, we, we tested it. <laughs> I tested it. Anyway, so we did this just in our house uh, on Thursday. And my sister-in-law and my, actually my sister, too, said, why didn't you just wait till Valentine's Day on your anniversary, your true anniversary, your 40th anniversary? And I said, because I didn't want to wait that long. I wanted the ring. <laughs>
0: okay, like, so now I have to tell you the funny part. Okay, so they're supposed to be bringing the, the ring on Tuesday. Are you going to be here? Yes, yes, I'll be here. And as she called on Tuesday, now they should be ringing the doorbell just any minute now. The doorbell rang. Okay. And it wasn't ring telling her the doorbell. So I mean, and then Sharonda later said, I knew when the ring arrived. Okay. So she says, "Well, I want to see the ring. I said, I understand and you're going to get to see the ring as soon as I put it on your finger. <laughs> she says, well, well, what if it's not the right size? You know, I said, well, as soon as you put it on your finger, you can check the size or as, soon as I put it on the finger. And uh, so Less- that evening, Leslie came in. You want to see it? Yeah, yeah. I says, as soon as I put it on her finger, <laughs> you can see it. So, Yes, I, he really rubbed it in for a couple no, days. Is, but is that nice? Is that the nice thing to do? And I said, you know, I thought about that. And I said, the, Bible's, or, the Bible doesn't say it. But uh, do it to others as you'd have them do it to you. So I thought about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so she had to agree. So I wouldn't let her see the ring, but my best man is holding this box and there's a little tab you pull out there and it pulls out and has two wooden boxes inside there and one box has the rings that go on either side and then the other one has the ring in the middle now you may be saying well so she didn't have another wedding ring i lost it
2: yes.
0: tell them the rest of it
2: no i'm not telling you. <laughs> I did. I mean, I accidentally threw it away, I think. No, I just I mean, I had this vision of me putting it in the trash. I mean, obviously I didn't. Well, she picked
0: up a Kleenex and a didn't realize it was in Kleenex and threw the Kleenex away, right?
2: Yeah, it was a paper towel, but yeah. You
0: know. Right. But anyway, it's been piece gone for
2: about 8 months and but hey, I think it's after 40 years you should get another one anyway. <laughs> So, Pastor Stan, you know, bless his heart, I think because of what all, everything that's happened to me, I, I could have gone in that store and picked anything out in the store I wanted. Uh, but we did go to a place where we, we told him what we wanted, the, you know, the size and um, all the color and all that. So, anyway, by next Sunday, you'll get to see new rings. Okay? All right. All right, now it's time for offering.
0: Can I say one no, more thing? No, we can't.
2: It's time for offering. Go,
0: go, go. <laughs> Do you want to hear it? No. <laughs> you all want to hear it? Yes. <laughs>
2: All right, it's not time for offering.
0: (laughs) I knew Leslie's personality, and I knew that it was very important that she get the ring, not only the ring she wanted, but also get it in a very special way. Now, to her, she wanted to look over a lot of rings and pick and choose, okay, now, but me, Mr. Tightwad, my attitude was, look at, I've I got some friends in Israel, and i got some friends here, and I can make some phone calls, and I, I, can, I can get a really good deal on it. Now, you're right. <laughs> she didn't want none of that negotiating stuff. It was a special time, a special, see, several it's ladies are It's an investment. Days. Okay. I mean,
2: come on! It's gonna be on my finger.
0: So you're investing in me. So I didn't do none of that, none of that negotiating stuff, none of that checking for, you know, inching it down. Well, it's two pennies less over here, you know, none of that stuff. We went and got her the ring, she wanted, yes, and it was, <laughs> and it was given in a very special way. Yes,
2: it was. It was. Oh, I <laughs> have the three things. The, the, and
0: it was it was a very special time for us so bible says when one rejoices all should rejoice so rejoice with us 40 years that's a good time that's good amen
2: all right now it's time for offering (laughs) and this is only for the church offering i'll talk about the mission
4: yes good morning everybody online hi spirit of prophecy church plano texas come see us church offering, Spirit of Prophecy church offering. Come right here in the bucket. The Lord loves a cheerful giver, so wipe that frown off your face and wipe the smile on your face. Amen? Let's see if I can hit the bucket. Oh, I did not get two points. At this church we have a double blessing. You get us sow into the Spirit of Prophecy Church, and there's a lot of things going on here, and then we're also a mission church, which Prophet Leslie's going to talk about the next mission, and uh, I know we have two planned this year, and maybe, uh, Lord willing, we'll have more, so that's coming up next, but double blessing, you sow, and then you reap, you plant, and then you have a harvest, and so this is your harvest Yes, let's bless the offering.
0: I <clears throat> I have been, it's been on my heart for a couple of weeks, really, especially the last three days. I, I wish that I had the way to communicate a secret to you. I don't. I don't know how to tell you about the blessings you receive by giving to God. I don't know how to tell you. The Bible says the right hand is not supposed to know what the left hand does. All I can say is that we can't out God. We can't. How many of you have tested and have discovered that that phrase is correct? How many of you have tested God and you've given... To where it was like <laughs> when you gave, yes? It was like, ah, 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 did you see? Ah, like, in other words, like something better happened. <laughs> not check, not hot check, but. And then, now, how many of you have tested God and found Him to be faithful? Absolutely. Have you had someone come to you in a real jam and say, can you help me? (laughs) (laughs) And when you gave, you said, I'm not giving it to them. I'm giving it to you. That's what this is. We're saying, I'm not giving this to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. I'm not giving this to Stan and Leslie, or to Lou or Soon-He. Lou soon
4: Amen. I like that. Amen. He's a
0: strong guy. I'm giving this to you. And then, <clears throat> we don't watch to see that it returns. We know it's going to return. And it'll return in his good time, in his good way, and it doesn't return one for one. If you know what I'm talking about, it brings a a comfort to your heart. So Lord, we thank you that what they've done is given this to you. And we know that you will see that it arrives back to them, your time, your way, many times over in Jesus' name.
4: Father, we ask you to receive Mm -hmm. this. We give it in joy, receive it in joy, bless it back to your people a hundredfold. And let peace and health reign upon their family and children. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Get your microphone. Okay, praise the Lord. Um, So uh, Sharonda and I are going to be going to Pakistan. We leave on March 11th, and we come back. We we leave the 28th, we get here. March 28th. We get the same day? Back the same day? Oh, we get back. We leave on the 11th, we get back on the 28th. 29th. 29th. Yeah, we get back a day later. It's it's confusing. Uh, But anyway, the 11th, come back on the 29th, um, and it's going to be a great trip. We go to Dubai first for a couple days and then uh, on into um, Lahore, Pakistan. And I just want to talk to you a little bit about giving for our vision to go and minister in Pakistan. And also those of you online watching, I just ask that you pray about it and give your best offering you can, your best donation you can to help us with the expense of it. Once we get there, there's also going to be more expense. Um, blessing the people back—it's usually financially; uh, it always is financially, really. So we ask that you give your best in, to the Pakistan. This is a—not this is this mission is specifically for Pakistan. Uh, we'll take up others ones for um, Honduras, but today this is specifically for uh, for Pakistan. So I want to talk to you about this. This is this is down the road in Pakistan. <laughs> and you might think mm, that's not real yeah that's real that is real and then we went we're going to go also to the orphanage there in lahore pakistan uh when we get there these are some of the children whoops what's it going on these are some of the children there uh we wanted to get pictures with them and they blessed us with flowers last time i'm sure they'll be doing something again but they really, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing. These children are the sweetest things. Like four of the girls, like I told you, at Sunday school, they give us uh, massages and walk on Sharonda's back. I didn't want them walking on mine, but uh, they, they really are a blessing. And also these are just some of the pictures. Now what they want you to do is the way that we bless them is that they want prayer. They want prayer. They want to be touched. And uh, it's all about that, as you can see, just everywhere we went, it was just, again, every, every place we went, even into the homes, uh, the different homes that we had dinner in, they, they welcomed us, uh, their hospitality, like Barbara was talking earlier, was so gracious. And you can see how they, they throw flower petals at us, and they did, but uh, going in and being blessed by them. And the people there are just lovely. And this was at a church in Lahore, and they, there was like 8,000 people there. I'll be speaking at it twice. Did you have something that you want to say? Go ahead. And so you can see they all, I mean, it took a couple hours, but all of the people want to be touched. All of them want to be prayed for. I mean, that's the closest they, th- they feel like they can get to Jesus is, is if we pray for them and touch them, and so we do. And I know that it's, it's televised, it's televised on. and so um and I, I think Stan said it was going to nine million people and so Sharonda and my face is everywhere around Pakistan right now <laughs> and uh I know that Pastor Massey uh had one church I think it's in Philosabad where we're going to be going if I said that right and uh-huh, when you get on and uh he um he was telling <coughs> the man <laughs> the the preacher asked for pastor missy to come in and speak and he said well let me tell you about who else is coming and he said well can she speak instead of you <laughs> he said yeah sure can so be speaking there but anyway it is a blessing um i don't know why some of these videos aren't playing
0: those are supposed to be we just say everything will function according to the word of God
2: and you can see all the women were coming up to me. All the men go up to Pastor Masi. Uh And, and Pastor Massey is praying for people too. And Sharonda and I were. It was... Well, I know we stay Oh, well, the pastors of the church, there's like three of them. Yeah, they were gone. They left. Service was done. They so it was out. us, Pastor Bessie and Shrona and I, and we stayed till everybody got prayed for it. And that's what we'll do again. It is very taxing on your body. Um, you're just worn out. And we're going to be doing traveling. We're going to be going to three different uh, big cities, and uh, and I'm excited about that. Places we haven't, been, haven't gone before. Uh, we have to go with armed guards, um, and they do protect us everywhere that we go. Name of Jesus. Oh, it's sideways. Lord. Name of Jesus, we declare this is a, a um, they have these banners up everywhere. They're going to be doing this again. And if you can read that, you can tell me what it says again o'clock we can say eleven o'clock uh but this is uh passion Messina. they had again these these uh big big i don't know we do call them uh, banners everywhere like you know, and so people were ready and as we would go into the different cities or the villages again, they welcomed us. if you want to talk, come up here, okay um let me see here let me see if somebody's I'm sorry um these videos are not playing. I'm sorry about that, but I just the point was I just wanted you to see that we do go there to bless and we do go there to pray, and the people are lovely and they deserve to know Jesus and I put here that it says in mark sixteen fifteen that we're supposed to go ye into all the world, and so even if you need a credit card form to fill out and if you need us to wait and, and to put it through, we'll be glad to do that. But if you'll raise your hand, you know, Brandon has uh, credit card forms for you to fill out because I wanna take up a really good <coughs> offering this morning. Just a minute, a really good off. If you, what do you want, my microphone?
0: I want the clicker.
2: No, just a minute. Um, you're messing up my talk I'm here. I'm sorry, but
0: I don't <laughs> mean to mess it up. Everybody um, listen to her.
2: Yes, so these people, they, they deserve to have um, the gospel brought to them
0: yes. and
2: while many of them still are Muslims and they go to church because they're trying to serve two masters you know when they come in we can't say anything about their God of course but we can tell them about Jesus and we can tell them that they can pray on their own in their own little hut their own little house and receive the same rewards the same Jesus the same healing the same miracles the same food appear on their plate as we do yes. and you know they they just need to be taught. They need to be taught about what the word of God says. And many of them, I mean, so many of them, when they when they turn to Jesus, they love Jesus so much, more so than most Americans in here, because yes. we just take him for granted many many times. And um, I, I I love the people. Um, you know, we felt safe. Very safe. We felt like we were doing God's purpose there. We were doing God's purpose there and they they did protect us and they made sure that we were taken care of but i do i bless you i i just appreciate your prayers as well as your offerings and again you'll also reap the rewards that we have yes
0: okay the point i wanted to make is who is this who is this here and here and here This What's up? who is that?
4: What's up?
0: Correct. He said it right. It's not Leslie, because she's standing there because you gave.
3: Mm.
0: Because you prayed. Yes. Let me ask you this. If a rich man were to come into the congregation <coughs> and say, I'm going to pay for anybody's way. Anybody wants to go to Pakistan along with Leslie? Anybody wants to go? Well, I'll pay all the expenses. won't cost you anything at all. How many would like to go? Well, until that happens, <laughs> right. what you can do is sow. Because when we sow, we are there with them. Yes. One of these days, when Jesus asks, what would you do with what I gave you? You'll be able to say, well, I went to Pakistan. There better be a long list after that, of course. But we want to be able to say, I went to Pakistan. I went with Leslie. And he'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So that's what you're doing. You are going to Pakistan with her because everything you give to that portion, God accounts it that way. The Bible says, one plants, the other waters, and the Lord gives the increase. Okay, so one is the hand, one is the ear, one is the eye, so one is the person actually there laying hands on, but behind Leslie, like you said, yeah, it's we, all of we us.
2: couldn't do this without your help. And also, I mean, more than anything is your prayers. Yes. And we did feel like the presence of your prayers, so thank you for that.
0: So, who is this? Me. Who's this? It's me. That's right. So yes, now you can come and give.
2: So if you need a, a form to fill out for to put on your credit card or debit card, please raise your hand. And also those of you online, um, go ahead. Yeah, those of you on, go ahead and bring your offering. Those of you online, um, also uh, you can just put on there. It's for Pakistan, and they'll make sure that the your funds that you send in will go to Pakistan to help us financially there. So praise the Lord. Can you hand me that basket? I'd like to pray. Sharonda and I are going to pray. Oh man, it's heavy. Can you put this to, where's the clicker? Can you put it to to the last slide, the words? There. Lord, we know that the people that have given Lord, we know that they're going to reap what they've sown into this ministry, this mission trip. And Lord, I pray that you show us what to do, that it will bless the people of Pakistan. And Lord, we know that there was great flooding that took place there. And there's many places that they're having to rebuild. And many pastors there in Pakistan at the different villages where the whole village has been put under water. And so, Lord, I know that we're going to see even more devastation this next time that we go. We thank you for your protection. And, Lord, we thank you that you'll your people be praying for us because that's even more than this reward that you're giving us today. Lord, bless us as we go to serve you and bless the people that have gave today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen dear heavenly father just thank you for these donations and bless everybody who gave and who's going to be going
3: with us and praying for us while we're there and just watch over all your people that are there
2: and give them the hunger to listen to your words while we're there speaking in jesus name Amen. Amen. amen thank you for giving and thank you online for giving all right well it's time for praise and worship hallelujah all right let's stand
5: up Praise our King of kings and Lord of lords. I love seeing everybody smiling faces. This is a wonderful, joyous time. The joy of the Lord is our strength, amen? amen? And we praise him in the good, we praise him in the bad, we praise him in all things. Remember that story I've told you about, that guy's house was burning down, what did he do? His whole family went outside watching his house burn down and started praising God and God bless them back. You praise them in the good, you praise them in all things. And luckily, we have the freedom to shout out the King of King, our Lord and Savior, and Jesus Christ, amen? So let's do that this morning. Let's praise his glorious and mighty name. Come on. Hallelujah!
6: Oh Lord my God, in you I put my trust Oh Lord my God, in you I put my hope Oh Lord my God, to you I put my trust Oh yes we do Oh Lord my God, in you I put my hope in you in you i find my peace yes we do lord in you in you i find my strength in you i live and move and breathe come on let everything i say and do let everything I say and do be founded by my faith in you. Lift up holy hands and sing. Let the praises ring. Hallelujah! Oh, Lord my God.
5: In you I give my hands. Come on, lift them up.
6: Oh, Lord my God. In you I give my feet Because we can dance freely, amen Oh Lord my God To you I give my everything Oh yes we do Oh Lord my God To you I give my life Oh In you In you I find my feet in you, can you I find my strength We're gonna praise His name In you I live and move and breathe Let everything I say and do be founded by my faith in you Lift up holy hands and sing Let the praises raise
5: let the praises ring! Come on, let me see your hands, nice and high. We're gonna praise His name and your feet moving. Come on! Come on, let me see your feet moving. Are you free? We're gonna praise His body, name, singing in you.
6: In you, in you I find my peace In you I find my strength In you, in you I find my strength Let everything I say and do In you, come on I live and move and breathe We're gonna praise his mighty name
4: Let everything
6: I say and do Be founded by my faith in you Lift up holy hands Let the praises rain. Let the praises rain. Let the praises rain. Let the praises rain. rain. Oh, let the praises rain.
5: Hallelujah. Come on, give him some praise. He is worthy and he deserves every little bit of our praise. King of kings, we lift up your mighty name.
3: Hallelujah.
6: Our Father everlasting, the all-creating one, God Almighty. Through your Holy Spirit, conceiving Christ the Son, Jesus, our Savior. I believe in God, our Father. I believe in Christ, the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again. Can I believe? in the name of jesus yes we do sing in jesus our judge and our defender suffered and crucified forgiveness is in you Descended into darkness. He rose in glorious light. Forever seated high. I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection that he will rise again for i believe in the name of jesus i believe in you and i believe you rose again yes i believe Is all I believe Hallelujah. in you? And I believe Hallelujah. you rose again. Yes, I believe Hallelujah. that Jesus Hallelujah. Christ is all. in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus,
3: hallelujah,
6: I believe in life eternal, I believe in the virgin birth,
5: I believe in the
6: saint's communion and in his holy church. I believe in the resurrection when Jesus comes again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. in the name of Jesus.
5: Hallelujah. Come on, we can shout his name from the rooftop singing Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we praise you, glorious and mighty name. You are worthy. We want to tell you who you are and that we love you for it, and what you've done in our lives, and that we love you for it, Father God. Hallelujah. Holy,
6: Holy, Lord God Almighty. Oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whispers of love on the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that i'm I'm never alone you're a good good father
3: it's who you are it's who you are it's who you are and i'm loved by you
6: it's who i am it's who i am it's who i am Oh, I've seen many searching for answers far and wide, but I know we're all searching for answers. Only you provide things home. What we need before we say a word, you're
3: a good.
6: Father, it's who you are. call me deeper still as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still into love 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 love. you're a good good father it's It's who you you are.
3: are yes it is it's who you are it's who you are I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good,
6: good father. It's who you are. It's who you are.
5: It's who you are. Who you are. And I'm loved by, by you. Come
6: on, say it's it. It's who I am. It's who I am.
5: It's who I am. He loves each and I every single one of us.
6: Good, good Father. It's who you are.
5: Yes, it is,
6: it's who you
3: are.
6: Lord, it's, who you are love
3: you. it's who you
6: are. I am by you.
3: It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Who I am. Good, are good, good Father.
6: It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are.
3: Who I am,
6: it's who I am, it's who I am. Jesus, Lord, we love you so much. We love you so much. Hallelujah,
5: thank you, Lord. Father God, help us to get out of our comfort zone. And to worship you on a deeper and a higher level with you, Lord.
6: Amazing love that welcomes me. The kindness of mercy. That bought with blood, wholeheartedly. My so soul on your soul, soul. i hey. honest with yourselves. God, you're so good. Tell him how much you love him. God, you're so good. You're so good to me. All those things and blessings he's brought into your lives. Come on, tell him, God, you are so good. He
5: provided a roof over our heads.
6: God, you're so good.
5: He prepared food upon your plates.
6: God, you're so good. You're so good.
5: Thank you for this time we could declare that I am healed. I am made whole. In Jesus' name. We have all those prayer requests that we talked about this morning. Declare it. Take it home. Pray for it. But know that God said you are healed. You are made whole. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated.
2: God is so good. Amen. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. You're so good to me. He is, you know. We are so blessed. We forget it sometimes just how blessed we are. And then he shows us. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Lord, I thank you for this man of God. I thank you that he is my partner. That he's highly favored and he's anointed. I thank you, Lord, that... You're healing him. I thank you for another 40 years with him. And Lord, I ask that you bless him and anoint him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, that he deliver the message that you want delivered today. And Lord, let all of us open up our ears to hear what you have to say to us today. I take authority over every dumb and deaf spirit in this place, command you to leave, You will not cause the people to slumber, but you'll cause them to be awake. Thank you, Lord, for doing that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
0: And Lord, this morning we say, great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. When they see you split the heavens. When they see your glory. And they see the morning star cleanse the earth of all sin. And enlighten the earth. When they see and they step out of time into eternity. And they can finally see everything hidden is made open and manifest. Everything done is secret, is shouted from the rooftops. When they can see what you've done, we're all going to fall on our face and cast our crowns at your feet, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. And we will hear, Well done, Thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the glory of the Lord. And then, 15 days later, the new Jerusalem will come down out of heaven. And as John said, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Now has come salvation and strengthen the kingdom and power of our God and His Christ. For the accused of our brethren has been cast down. And as the seventh seal, the seventh vial, the seventh vial is poured out into the air, John said, I heard a voice out of the temple from the throne saying it is done we look forward to the time when it is done when this sinful world is gone and we live eternally with you and lord we ask that you would speak to us this morning in jesus name amen, amen. so i bring an encouraging message today and by the way i've got a lot of bad things to say about some bad things coming in the future but I'm not going to make the church the Prophecy Club. I do a program called the Prophecy Club. If you want to know about it, you can download an app. You can go to prophecyclub.com. There are several places you can go to hear it. I will only say this, Dana Coverstone had what might be his most powerful and most important dream. Apparently it was Thursday, it might have been Friday, I got it yesterday, and it is 25 newspaper headlines for the future. Three of those newspaper headlines had bad things starting specifically in the year 2023. But the message I'm to bring you today is one of encouragement. What he wants me to tell you is this. You do not choose this church. He chose this church for you you did not choose him he chose you he knew your heart from the foundation of the world he already knew we would be sitting this seat this morning having all of the troubles we're having but he's saying i'll never leave you nor forsake you i'm going to be there everything is going to be okay Everything's going to be okay. We want, he wanted me to let you know today that today you are his David. And that's Amen. the message for today. The title is, Come Walk With Me. Amen. We'll start in 1 Samuel 16. And the Lord said unto Samuel, I want you to go, and you have seen that I have rejected Saul because he broke my laws. He did not keep my laws and my statutes. And I'm going to feel, I want you to fill your horn with oil. I'm going to send you, and I want you to go and anoint one of his sons. I want you to make me another king. Now, when Samuel did that, what was it that gave David the power? Was it the oil? Does power have any power? Does oil have any power? No. no. Even if it's scented, it, does it have any power? No. no. Okay, so why does he have to anoint him? Because it is a picture. It is, Leslie says, a prophetic act. It's a picture of the blood of Jesus, the anointing of God coming down on David. And as that oil touched him, so did the Spirit of God. Because what he wants me to tell you today is you're here at his choice. You're here. He's prepared you. He's put you through the things he's put you through so that you can be a blessing to others in a time of trouble. Amen. Right?? Amen. So he says, "I have provided me a king, a king among his sons." Samuel did the Lord which, uh, did what the Lord spake. So he went to Bethlehem, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming. See, America doesn't tremble at God's prophets anymore. Why? Well, part of it is God's prophets don't really speak God's word. Okay, so why were they afraid of Samuel? Not for flesh and blood of Samuel, but when Samuel walked in, they knew it was God. Let me just tell you, when God speaks, nobody has to tell you that's God. If you've ever heard the voice of God, if you've ever had a dream from God Nobody had to tell you he was speaking. God never says, This is God. (laughs) He never introduces himself because his sheep know his voice and know that they will not follow. So he went there. The elders of the town were trembling as the prophet started approaching samuel took the horn of oil and anointed david in the midst of his brethren now why did he do it in front of everybody because god wanted everybody to know he was god's choice at that time that anointed. now he no one was told he was going to be king yet david wasn't told he's was going to be king but he was anointed and god immediately put him into service to start learning Why is it that Moses was chosen to go and speak to Pharaoh? Well, Moses was not of Pharaoh's blood, but he was raised in Pharaoh's house. He was raised in the house of a king by the king's sister. And some say that they thought he was supposed to be heir to the throne until he killed the guy and ran off to the backside of the desert. But he was raised in the house of a king. Why are you here today? God has put you through a lot of teaching, a lot of training, frankly, that other churches don't have. Some people have come and gone. Some people are absent today. But you're here, and here's what I want to tell you. If you look around, it's a small group. But then God's people, it's a small group. Okay. Wide is the gate, broad is the way that leads to destruction. Many there be that go where they're at. Straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to eternal life, and few there be that find it. He wants me to say to the Spirit of Prophecy Church, either here or online, you know in your heart if it's talking to you. He wants me to say to you that today you are my David. I have been preparing you for a time and a season to do this work for me, such as my call to you. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Saul's servant said, Behold now, an evil servant of God troubles him. So people may say, Oh, well, an evil spirit is never from God. Oh, yeah. 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 Let our Lord now command thy servants which are before thee to seek out a man who is cunning player on the harp. When the evil spirit of God is upon thee, he will play at his hand, and thou shalt be well. Now, we know that David, here in just a few minutes, is going to kill Saul. Excuse me. <laughs> He's going to kill Goliath. By what power does David kill the lot Goliath? Was it the power of the oil? No, it was the power that the oil brought. Saul said to his servants, Provide me now a man that can play well and bring me and bring him to me. So he brought the man that was cunning and playing, and mighty valiant man, man of war, prudent in matters. A comely person, and the Lord is with him. So Saul sent his messengers Jesse, send me this, thy son David, which is with the sheep. Now, in the world, the world likes to call the biggest, the smartest, the fastest, the wealthiest, the best of the best of the best, best, best. They're the ones they want to be masons, bankers, business owners but it's as common people that God raises up. Why? Because it's easy for him to make a king out of a banker or a president or a shepherd boy. It's not a problem for him to do either. Amen. What he's looking for, he's about to say, God looks on the heart. Amen. And I say I've got to get moving if I'm going to make all my points today. So Jesse took an ass laden with bread, a bottle of wine, and a kid. So in those days, they stored up. They had preparations. David David came to Saul, stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. In other words, as Moses was servant to the Pharaoh in the house of Pharaoh, David was servant to Saul in the house of the king. Why? Because... He was in training to one day become a king. And Moses was in training to one day speak to the king. Saul sent to Jesse, saying to David, Let, I pray thee, stand before him, hath found her in favor in thy sight. It came to pass when the evil spirit of God was upon Saul, that David took the harp and played in his hand, so Saul was refreshed as well as the evil spirit departed from him. Now I've got a question. How did David learn to play the harp? He probably didn't go to the New York Philharmonic. God gave him the ability. Now, why was David chosen for this position? Why was David chosen to be anointed? Uh, so is this saying that everybody, you want to be really close to God, you've got to learn to play the harp? No. So what's the harp? It's simply an instrument that he prays the Lord with. David's strength, and here's a big point, David's strength came to him. His success, his getting closer to God, didn't come from the heart. It came from his worship. Let me tell you, the Bible doesn't directly say this, but I believe with all my heart, and I think you'll know it's correct. What got David to become king was the Spirit of God, because David worshipped God. When he was out there watching over those sheep, that's what he did he played his harp and he worshiped God and that's the reason God looked down and said see that boy right there I'm gonna make him my king what God is doing right now is looking down on you and he's saying you think you're a nothing you think you're a nobody you think you're just another one of the sheep out there God has has put you in some specific training how many people around you understand the times we live in like you do? You try to talk to them? It's like talking to the wind. You know, like talking to a telephone pole. They don't even understand. And here's another thing. They don't want to. Because God has prepared every one of you. Every one of you for a time such as this. To do a special work. Summary, did David raise David or did God? God did it. What happened to change David? The anointing. He got anointed with oil. Why did God choose David? Not because he could play a harp, but because he knew how to worship. That's a key. Now, question. Did God get chosen because he read the Bible a lot? He probably didn't even have a copy of the Bible. Did he get chosen because he went to church a lot? Or he went to Bible college a lot? So what's the real secret of getting close to God? It's not reading the Bible. That's a very good thing to do, of course. Nor going to church. Nor going to Bible college. It's worship. Worship is the center. Worship is what gets the hand of God to move in our life. Worship is what raised David to be king. Now the Philistines gathered together armies to battle and were gathered together in Soshak. Shoko, shako. shako. Let's call it Shako. I like that word better. Shako, which belonged to Judah and pitched between Shako and Azekiah at Ephes Damim. See, I do my, know my phonetics. It's kind of hard to get my tongue to roll like that. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched in the valley of Elah and set a battle array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side. Now this is important. And there was a valley between them. Now that's going to be important in just a second. There went out a champion out of the camp of Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. Now according to Ron White, a cubit is twenty. inches, which is typically about this much. So in that he was six cubits, if you you multiply, and I did, 20.6 times six, you come up with about 11 foot tall. How would you like to go fight someone? Now understand, he was a boy, probably at the time a teenager. My guess is 10, 12 years old, How'd you like to be 10, 12 years old, go fight a man of war has been raised from a child to be a man of war? He's 11 foot tall. And he probably looks something like this. See, that's where we are right now. Because right now you're saying in your, in your heart, Oh man, the devil's in the White House, the devil's in the Supreme Court, the, the Department of Justice has no justice. Can't do the right thing. Don't forget the church. Brother says, Don't forget the church. Yeah, church is in shambles. It's in shambles. It's playing games, my opinion. Okay, so let's go on. Helmet of brass, armed with a coat of mail, and weight of coat was five thousand shekels of brass, and he had greaves of brass upon his legs and target of brass between his shoulders. In other words, this guy was armed to the hilt, you're not going to do anything to him. The staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed six hundred shekels of iron, and one bearing a shield went before him. And he stood and cried to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why are you not come out? Why are you why are you come out to set your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine and you servants to Saul? Choose you a man. Let him come out to me. If he' be able to fight with me and kill me, then I'll be your, we'll be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you'll be our servants and serve us. So this challenge was not just between Goliath and David. If David doesn't win this fight, all of Israel has agreed by going down that they will be the servants of Biden. I mean, I mean. Moving on. (laughs) And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Now, when he said that, he's coming against the God of Israel. I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we might fight together. And Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine and they were dismayed and greatly afraid. He wants me to tell you, Esther, Caesar, all of us. He wants me to tell you, don't be afraid. When the trouble hits, don't be afraid. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He will be there with us. There are people he's raised up in this congregation. He's made arrangements to where we're going to be okay. Our thrust needs to be hot dog. We finally get to go to work. Finally, people going to start listening to us. Finally, we can start praying people to receive the Jesus, or Jesus and also get healed. Amen. Saul and Israel, all of Israel, heard his words to the Philistine, dismayed and greatly afraid. Now David was the son of Ephrathah, the Bethlehemite of Judah, whose name was Jesse, and he had eight sons. And the man went among them for an old man of the days of Saul, and three eldest sons of Jesse, followed Saul to the battle, and the names of the three sons I'll skip. The David was the youngest... But David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep. Okay, so David necessarily was not looking for the battle. He went to feed his father's sheep. And the Philistine drew near morning and evening for 40 days. Oh, I forgot to make a point. Let me back up. The word champion, what's that word mean? I thought it meant that you won the battle, right? You know, you got more baskets than the other team. You made more touchdowns than the other team. That's not what champion means. Champion is one that is stands in the valley between them. In other words, he's the one that is the challenge. He's challenging, he's asking Israel to come and fight me. That's the definition of a champion. Now, let's go on. So Jesse said to David's son, now, for thy brethren of Anephi have parched corn, so he sent them food. Ten cheeses sent them food. And and they and all the children of Israel in the valley of Ephah fighting the Philistines. And David rose up early in the morning, left the sheep of the keeper, and took and went. And Jesse commanded him, and he took the trench to the host, going forth to fight, and shouted for the battle. For Israel and Philistines had put the battle in array against army against army. David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage, and ran to the army, and came and it. Here's something important. Hang on, just stay with me. As he talked with them, behold, there became up the champion the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines and continued to defy the armies. All the men of Israel, when they saw him, fled from him and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king, will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. What does that mean? His father's house doesn't have to pay any taxes. Forget the other stuff. Just give me, give me, no pay, not pay any taxes, right? David spake to the man sued by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that kills the Philistine and taketh away the reproach of Israel? Who is, now, this is important. So David is saying, Who is this guy? Let me tell you who is. He is an uncircumcised Philistine that defies the armies of the living God. Now, Yes, it doesn't mean that he doesn't have his foreskin removed. It means he doesn't have a covenant with God. What he's saying is, we have a covenant with God. And this morning I'm saying that God is telling us, Spirit of Prophecy Church, we have a covenant with God. We all have a covenant with God. And what is coming against this nation, what is coming against our church, what is coming against this city and... Soon to even be here at our front neighbor's door. and our our door, what's coming against us is the same thing. The the new world order is raising its head because it's coming against Jesus. We're in the battle with Jesus against the enemy. So it's the same battle. It's the same battle. His brothers didn't understand. I "I know your pride and your nodding. You only came up because you want to see the battle. No, that was not David's heart. Instead, David says to Saul, Let no man's heart fail, because thy servant will go and fight this Philistine. What? They are not able to fight against the Philistine. You're just a youth, probably 10 to 12, I would say 15 years old, max. And he a man of war from his youth. David said to Saul, Your servant kept his father's sheep. But while he was keeping sheep, he worshipped. That's what gave him the strength. That's what gave him the confidence to know that he can do that. And we have worshipped God. We have read his Bible. Many of us have memorized parts of it. David says Saul, Your servant kept his father's sheep, and one day there was a lion and a bear that took a lamb out of the flock. I went after him and smote him and delivered him out of the mouth, and when he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. That gave David the confidence to know he, he had felt the Spirit of God bring strength to him. He knew God was with him. He had he was he was circumcised, but more than that, he had a covenant with God. We have a covenant with God. We have to know that when this trouble starts, and according to Coverstone, three of his Newspaper headlines says specifically this year. When the trouble starts, we're going to be ready. We are ready. We've been waiting and preparing for this. So it's not time to fear. Because he had had this battle with the lion and the bear, he knew he could win over the Philistine. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine, in other words, this one that does not have a covenant, shall be as one, seeing him that has defied the armies of the living God. That's what the Antichrist, that's what the New World Order, that's what the World Economic Forum is doing right now, is trying to defy America, the, the city that is called to be the light on the, the mountaintop. But unfortunately, the church has fallen, has fallen, has become the habitation of devils, the hold of every foul spirit, and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. America has fallen into sin, so consequently... We don't have the strength that we should to be able to overcome. David said, Moreover, the Lord had delivered me out of the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, and he will deliver me out of this Philistine. So Saul said to David, Go. Now think about that. This is a very big thing, that the king agreed to send David. Probably you and I would say, Okay, look (laughs) at Son... (laughs) You realize if you lose, we're all his servants. You realize that, right? So it was a very big thing. But David wasn't worried. Why? Not because he played the harp. Not because oil hit his head. But because the anointing of God came to him. Because he was worshiping. You see in this? See, this. our strength is worship. Because he was worshiping, he knew God. He had a covenant with God. He knew, if we know then we fear not. Saul. God and I are having a little conversation during this. There's three conversations going on. I'm talking, hopefully you're listening, and then God is saying, are you listening, Stan? We all have our challenges, right? Me I got the surgery thing coming up, so but I'm going to get the victory. Yeah. Yeah. and you're going to remember to pray for me, right? Okay, so Saul armed David with his armor. David <laughs> yeah, probably it's not changing. There we go. Well, all right, She's working back there there. Probably. (laughs) He had not proven them. He didn't feel comfortable. He had never had this kind of armor on before. He couldn't move with it. It's the same thing with us. Have we proved our our walk with God? Have we done our Bible studies? Do we understand the things that are coming well enough to where when the trouble hits and everybody else is curled up in a fetal position and crying and screaming and instead we have the confidence to walk in the valley of the shadow of death? to walk and lay hands on people and to see miracles, great miracles, to be able to explain to them about Bible prophecy and what's really going on. So he took them all off. David picks up five smooth stones. He drew and the Philistine drew near to David. The man bare the shield with him before him. The Philistine looked out about and saw David and he disdained for him. Free as but a youth, ready and a fair countenance. He says, you're not good enough to come up again. You're not big. What, what are you doing? Am I a dog? You're sending me a little dog to fight against? Send me somebody that's really worthy to fight with me. So, the Philistine cursed God, David by his gods. So this was not a battle between David and Goliath. It's not even a battle between Israel and Philistines. This is the same battle we have today between Satan and Jesus. Yeah. That's the same battle. And just as David got the victory, we're going to get the victory. Amen. You come to me with a sword, with a spear, with a shield. You come to me with a World Economic Forum. You come to me with a corrupt uh, Department of Justice. You come to me with a corrupt White House. You come to me with a new world order. But I come to you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. I come to you with the power of the King James Bible. Okay. I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied this day. Will the Lord deliver, me, deliver thee into my hand? I'm going to hit you. I'm going to take your head off and give your carcass to the hosts of the Philistines this day, to the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth. And that's exactly what he did. And let me just tell you the trouble ahead. We are going to do the same thing. We're going to do the thing that God directs us to do somebody i was talking with a fella playing racquetball saturday morning christian he was really afraid of the mark of the beast he said are we are we really going to be able to avoid it and i said i'm afraid it's going to be more difficult than we can possibly imagine almost everyone that's not a christian will have no problem they will take it easily the only ones going to have a problem are those people that read Revelation 13. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark on the right hand and their forehead. And I said, most of them will probably take it. I said, one lady had a dream where she sat down during the time of the Mark of the Beast, and they would sit down in front of an empty plate, bow their head, Thank the Lord for the food, opened their eyes, and the plate was full of food. And that's how they ate during the time of the Mark of the Beast. And he says to me, he asked me a question, he says, but what happens when it comes to the time to where if you, you can't buy or sell, if you can't get food, if you don't take the Mark of the Beast? And I told him the story. And I said, but if God doesn't do a miracle and doesn't bring the food, then we die. I'm not looking to live a long time. I just want to serve the Lord. A long time ago, Leslie and I gave our heart to the Lord. and We said it would be a privilege and an honor to die for you, giving glory to your name. You can't threaten us with a a higher resurrection. You can't threaten us with eternity. Can't do it. So the whole battle is about the God, uh, the God of the armies of Israel. And we face the same battle today. All the assembly shall know that the Lord saved not the sword of spirit, but the battle is the Lord's. So David picked up the stone. and he. Now, by the way, what does the stone represent? Jesus. Yeah, right, Jesus. So, so he picked up five smooth stones, put one of them into a sling, threw the stone, and David ran before the Philistine, took the sword, drew out the sheath, and slew him. Oh, excuse me, back up. Uh, here, this is what I want to read. Okay, stone and sling it into the smoke of the Philistine in his forehead. The stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and the stone. I'm going to say the sling is the word. Also, the stone is the word. Smote the Philistine and slew him. There was no sword in his hand, so David took the sword of the Philistine, cut off his head and he lifted up, and he lifted up his head so that all the world could see he'd killed him. In, in the days of ahead, our victory is going to be winning souls to the Lord. Our victory is going to be walking and, and talking with the Lord through this. I've got to move on here, okay. The children of Israel returned from chasing after Philistines, and they spoiled their tents. The same thing is going to happen on the day of Armageddon. On the day of Armageddon, Judah also shall fight at Jerusalem. The wealth of all the heathen roundabout shall be gathered together in gold, silver, and apparel, and great abundance, the same thing that happened there. So we get the keys to the kingdom. We get to and he that overcometh, will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out and write upon him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which is coming down to heaven for my God, and I'll write upon him my new name. We get the victory. We're assured of the victory. The battle just hasn't begun to the point to where we're losing food yet, but nevertheless. All right, so summarizing. Did David raise David or did God? God raised him up. What happened to change David? He was anointed with oil. Why did God choose David? Because he worshipped. Spirit of Prophecy Church, who is raising you up? You, Stan Leslie, or God? Same thing. And why are you able to make these changes? Because you too are anointed, right? Have you been prayed for and you've had anointing oil put on you? Yes? Okay. Why did God choose David? Because his heart was right. Because he knew he was... Look... Nobody can come into Spirit of Prophecy Church and listen to these kind of messages for too long unless they're called. Amen. Yep. I tell people on Prophecy Club, I say, look, if you made it through this broadcast this far, you are a watchman. No one could listen to this if they're not a watchman. They wouldn't hear it. David brought food for the fight, so he's saying, be prepared. Whose God is God is the question. Are we for the New World Order, for the World Economic Forum? Are we for Jesus? He defeated a lion and a bear, so he knew God was with him. His own brothers did not even believe in him. So, when your family doesn't agree with you, when other Christians don't agree with you, the things that you're doing, you'll be in good company. You'll be in good company. Now, Leslie Ann, I'm going to have Leslie Ann come up. And we're going to sing this song, which is the title of what we're talking about, that we want to walk with God. Let's, let's pray. Uh, let's pray sinner's prayer right quick. You folks online, pray with me. Let's pray real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit I'm a sinner, and I confess with my mouth, and I believe in my heart that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, died on the cross, arose three days later. I receive his blood to wash my sins away. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you're online, you can slide down and make a donation. You can also sign up We talked about this, and uh, we've decided this is what we're going to do. We're going to be singing this song, and as we sing the song, what we're going to ask you to do, if you want to, is to get up and walk in a counterclockwise direction like this. And as you walk by, I've got a well here, and I'm just going to anoint each one of you. And I'm going to ask that the spirit of prophecy be imparted to you. If you've already got it, get a double portion. If you haven't got it, then get it. So that we're all prepared for these times that are coming. And I'll turn the singing over to our praise and worship group.
5: Come
6: walk with me. Speak to my heart. What's deep in me, only you know. Come walk with me. Come walk with me. me. Speak to my heart What's deep in me Only you know Come walk with me Come walk with me Speak to my heart What's deep in me Only you know Come walk with me, come walk with me, speak to my heart, what's deep in me, only you know. Come walk with me, come walk with me. Speak to my heart, what's deep in me, only you know. Come walk with me, come walk with me, Lord. Speak to my heart, what's deep in me, only you know. Come walk with me come walk with me speak to my heart what's deep in me only you know come walk with me come walk with me speak to my heart what's deep in me Only you know, come walk with me, come walk with me, speak to my heart, what's deep in me, only you know, come walk with me, come walk with me. To my heart was deep in me.